The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. always it's newer um so today we are going to talk about love match atlanta and we're going to talk about rehearsals of atlanta um and so right now i'm just going to get into it we'll talk about love match atlanta for like a very short period of time but i want to talk about rehearsals of atlanta with my buddy kendrick from comics and reality too i'm actually on his podcast um for tomorrow's episode which is thursday um to talk about miss marvel and if you're not watching miss marvel what are you doing um, it's so good. It's on Disney Plus. It's about a Pakistani girl from New Jersey. Hello, uh, who's a superhero? I mean, it's incredible. But catch me on that. I'm gonna be crying. Um, but Kendrick's gonna be on later uh, on this episode to talk a little bit about Rehearsals of Atlanta or our latest episode of Rehearsals of Atlanta. Um, so that's uh, that's that. Um, let's talk about Love Match Atlanta. So this is the penultimatum. Penultimatum penultimate. (laughs) I hate myself. 
this is <laughs> the second last episode of Love Match Atlanta, and it is all around Shay's Masquerade Mixer. Um, it looks beautiful. She looks like she is just having a great time. She's so excited to plan this party. And I just, as always, I love Shay. I love the way she talks to her clients. She seems like a lovely person. You know, there was an episode, I don't even know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but there was an episode, um, a little while ago and it, it had this one client of hers on and you know the client talked about how scary it is to date and how it's just terrifying to be a woman out in the world going on dates with strangers it is and especially on love match atlanta a lot of these women are black women and we know statistically how this country treats black women. Um, so it's really cool to see, you know, Shay's conversations with her clients. And that conversation a couple of episodes ago was just like really important and really lovely. And it kind of highlights the importance of love match, not love match Atlanta itself, but the matchmaking scene, especially around um, African-American communities. I mean, Shay, you know, it seems like there's no um, – there's not necessarily just a focus on the black community, but that is a majority of like her database. I mean, we know real black love is all about, um, you know, black people and black relationships. We know what is it? Colorblind international. <laughs> we know that it's just a bunch of rich white dudes. Right? <laughs> isn't that what that, isn't that essentially what that is? Um, but I, I just, I really like that the focus is, you know, making sure that um, black women and, you know, black people in general, but uh, black women are being given the opportunity to uh, connect and date and uh, explore their options in a safe way. Like, I just, I don't know, I just was thinking about how important that of a service that would be for people. And I, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, I haven't talked about it in the podcast, but matchmaking is like a big thing in the uh, DC world. I'm sure you guys watched Indian Matchmaker. I did not watch that show because I was actually already told that it would be very triggering for me. I never went through Matchmaker, but I knew that mm, – Let's just say that if I had ever had a conversation with a matchmaking auntie, she would have eviscerated me the way the word eviscerate just eviscerated me. I would have been, I would have been torn apart. You know, I, I didn't fit the mold of what, um, that, what is, what specifications a, uh, a Desi or South Asian matchmaker necessarily looks for. Um, you know, I'm very opinionated and I'm very, I, I mean, in my early twenties, they would have been like, you're too bossy, you know, you're too liberal, like all that stuff. Um, and I know that because that is how my friends who are single still are treated by those types of people. But anyway, um, I was saying it's important to have, you know, matchmaking that focuses specifically on your community. And I guess, even though I think the matchmaking thing is kind of, a racket. <laughs> like I still I still think like the prices are bananas. Um even though I think those things are true, I can understand the benefit of having that protection especially in a world where you can just swipe left and right and you can just meet strangers and you know connect that way. I would think that 
being able to go on a date with somebody who's been vouched for by another person as like a safe and viable person would be a benefit. It's just, you know, I just wouldn't pay like, what is it? $100,000 Ming pays or charges? Ugh. I wonder if Marlo worked for Ming. <laughs> anyway, Shay has a masquerade ball. Oh, also speaking of her work with her clients, we find out that Shay is a Reiki uh, therapist. And um, all I could think about was Jax Taylor. That's it. Um, okay, so she has this masquerade mis- mixer and a majority of the the drama, if you will, happens there. Um, Paris and Joseph, we've been seeing like throughout the, the season is that they have this like, you know, difficulty balancing their work life love, you know, um, relationship. It's like, they don't know how to, they don't have a good work life love balance, you know? And, um, we've seen Paris kind of express her concern about that. And Joseph is saying, you know, he's playing the long game with her because he's going to propose to her and all this stuff. But something happened this episode that I was like, are you guys really in a relationship? Or did you just say this for the television? Like, what is this? Because I don't get like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't get the, I don't get, you know, googly eyes. I don't get heart eyes emojis between the two of them. I really don't. I think that they are um, great business partners, but I don't necessarily view them as like being in great in a great relationship or anything, you know, it, I don't know. Shay, I mean, sorry, not Shay. Paris seems kind of cold to Joseph and it's interesting. Like I, I just, I don't know something about them. I don't believe, but then we did see Joseph ask Paris's father for her hand in marriage. So I don't know about that, but anyway, they go to this mixer and, um, you know, Paris is working the crowd. Um, you know, uh, Shay has said, if you guys see anybody single here that you think would be suitable for somebody that, you know, feel free to reach out to me and I can make sure that, you know, you get in contact with them or whatever, and we can collaborate or whatever on this person. Um, so Paris is, you know, making money because that's obviously very important to Joseph. And so she's sitting at a table and she's talking to these ladies and everybody is slow dancing and seems really sweet and having a good time. And Joseph goes over and he starts to try to talk to Paris. And Paris is like, hey, I'm, I'm talking here. I'm not done having this conversation. You have to wait. And Joseph kind of loses it. And he's like, everything is being filmed. Everything is filmed. They hear everything. Don't you understand? They hear everything. Something about the way Paris shut down the conversation with Joseph made me feel like, "Mm, are you guys really in a relationship? Like, it seemed to me like Joseph was maybe worried that the cameras would catch her being short and, you know, not lovey-dovey with him. And that cameras would pick up on the fact that those two are not in an actual relationship. That's the sense I get because I don't think that they're actually dating. I don't know. I don't trust it. Um, but the episode ends with Joseph, you know, storming off and getting really mad and not wanting the cameraman to come over to him and all this stuff. And he rips off his mic and he runs off and all that stuff. Um, with the duo, they're they're coming to a, a head because I don't remember their names, um, Tana and Kelly, I think. So one of them is in a long distance relationship and um, 
they, uh, their partner has told them that, you know, they cannot come to Atlanta. They would have to stay in Detroit where they are. And, uh, and now they have to have a conversation about whether or not they stay together as business partners, the duo stays together as business partners, or if, uh, they have to put their relationship first, because obviously that's important to them. Their entire business is finding love. You know, they, they preach to these, uh, clients of theirs that it's important to put love first. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. And, um, and the other little shady thing that happened is, so Ming, we finally meet one of Ming's um, one of her plus, like one of her clients who is supposed to be like part of the match to marriage group. And she says that she set up this woman with her now fiance. Now, do I believe that she set up this woman or do I believe that the fiance was set up by this, like the man was set up by, by Ming with this girl? You know, there's a big difference. Like who was the actual client? Was the client this woman or was the client the man? Right. So now she's having this woman come and try on dresses and going along with the trend of Ming being extremely problematic from her, the name of her company to the way she's talked about black men to the way she's, you know, talked about Shay. Now she's talking about, you know, not having any dresses for plus size women to try on. We're like the woman who's coming to try on dresses. She's just a size 12. It's, you know, like. I get that nowadays, I mean, we live in a world now where I don't even know if size 12 is considered plus size. Like if you go to like a regular store and you try to buy plus size, like a size 12 at a store that is focused on plus size um, clothing, you're probably not going to be able to get that because I think that's considered mid-size or just like a regular person. And especially in Atlanta where you have curves, like Especially with the black community where you have curves. Like, how do you how do you not have sample sizes for women of color as a woman of color? And she kind of like talks about it in a way that I don't know, felt like weird, weird and fat shaming and inappropriate to me. But um besides that, Ming also comes to Shay's masquerade ball and now Shay has a boyfriend named Mark, aka Marquette. And Mark has uh, come to this party and Ming says something like, oh, I know you. I know you. And she says, <laughs> she says, I never forget a face. I never remember a name, but I never forget a face. And then she says that she got some sort of text message from this man. And then we get a screenshot of the text message and something about like the text. I couldn't tell if this was like old history. Like, did you, did that man send you that message before the party or did that man send you that message after? And then part of the message to me read, like, maybe he was trying to use her services. So that was a little bit alarming. Um, but something within the text message says something like from this man that, you know, don't ever mention it to anybody. And of course, Messy Ming forwarded that message right over. You know, one thing I haven't done with the show is like, usually I get to, um, to, uh, impatient. And I will usually go on Instagram and like see what everybody's up to. And I haven't done that yet. And so I want to know what's going on. I think I may have tried to like find Ming's husband, um, who I did. Uh, There are pictures of this man on the internet and it's not blurred out. And it seems like she's still married to him. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, I don't know if the, the, the Paris and Joseph are still together. And I don't know if Shay and Mark are still together. But that was it for this episode. Again, as usual, I always say it. I love this show. So fun, so light, so silly, so shady. 
Um, in other news, there's a couple of other shows now coming back. So tonight, obviously, Wednesday nights, it's Real Houses of Beverly Hills and um, uh, Real Houses of Dubai. And tomorrow's the premiere of the uh, second season of um, Ultimate Girls Trip, which is, you know, ex-housewives or whatever. And so I'm going to try to figure out the recording schedule, but we also have Married to Medicine coming back. Uh, the crown jewel of our network. Am I right? I love that show so much. So I feel like Married to Medicine is going to be on probably after Love Match Atlanta finishes, right? Because Married to Medicine is usually on on Sundays um, on the same night as Atlanta. So I'm going to have to figure out, but I think that Married to Medicine sometimes deserves its own episode. I have to figure it out. You know, so much of Rehearsals of Atlanta is just fun to watch. Like there's not a ton of problematic stuff that happens or any like annoying mindfuck stuff like Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So it's usually fine to like just talk about it briefly. But Married to Medicine, so much stuff happens and we got Heavenly, like the problematic queen of the world. So um, so I don't know. We'll figure that out. But this week uh, we'll have two episodes. So I will drop an episode tomorrow night to talk about Beverly Hills and – um, and Dubai. And then on Saturday, I will talk exclusively about Ultimate Girls Trip because there's so much history with those women that I would love to dive deep into that. And I don't know if anybody else is going to be on it, but that's that. I will take a break. And then when we get back from the break, I will be on with um, Kendrick to talk about Rahasas of Atlanta. You guys, welcome back. Um, so we are talking today about Rahasas of Atlanta, and I'm so excited because Kendrick, my buddy, my comic book boo from Comics and Reality 2 is on. Bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Wait, can, I, can I tell you, uh, you just bloop, bloop me, but the first time I ever, because I've never been on um, Tinder or Grindr. Um, because, <laughs> because you know what, because I found my husband on the internet before apps. And so, mm-hmm. um, um, I never experienced that, but I was once listening to you on dumpster dive and I heard that there's a specific like blurp sound. Blurp. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Whenever you hear it in person, you're like, Ooh, what is that? <laughs> now, what is that? Yep. A match? No, that's just uh, someone messaged you. Oh, so whenever you hear that okay. little, <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying if I'm, let's say, hanging out with my husband's friends and mm-hmm. they're all men, and somebody I hear somebody's phone hit hit up a blurb. Yep, it's a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that means he's probably that means he got a download. He got the profile set up and everything. So yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You know, you learn something new every day. Right. Because podcasts aren't educational. Now, uh, oh, God. So, today we're talking about Rehouses of Atlanta. And um, this week's episode was, you know, it was kind of a chill one. Despite Mm -hmm. the fact that there was um, a little bit of squabbling, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you, Kendrick. Um, what are your thoughts on Sonya and um, specifically now that we have Sonya versus Drew? Okay. I'll say this. Sonya is a great addition to the show, but Sonya 
needs to go to the next level and be a great housewife. Mm. So I feel like I I love I like I I wouldn't replace her like she definitely deserves a season two. I think her family's lovable, great hu- Finally, a husband that's not toxic. So I mean, that's a nice thing and to see. So hot. Right. Oh my god! Like <laughs> the prettiest teeth in the world. Like yeah. So <laughs> I'm like Sonya. Like I'm all here for you. I'm here for the accomplishments and everything. But it's always a bad sign. There are two kind of red flags. Two. BFR, what is it? BRFs or whatever the big red flags yeah. with um with Sonya that I usually I'm a little apprehensive about when housewives you know join the cast. One is like that storyline of oh you know we we might want to have another kid and stuff like that, and then you know it's <laughs> you know you're you're not talking about having another kid, so it's yeah. just like what is that? Like what not you don't have happen. anything going on? Like what is what's what is that? Yeah. And so you know it's 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 a housewives trope at this point. And then the other thing is like manufacturing drama that's not landing with the fans. Mm. Cause I feel it almost kind of, now it kind of makes you think that like, okay, you wanted to be on the other side with the other girls. And so you got, you hate that they gave you drew as an entry point <laughs> onto this show. And so you're like, let me go over where candy and Kenya are. Like, let me still sit over there at their table for a while and I'll be good. So I'll let me think of some beef with drew because as hard as I'm trying and I've tried hard, I just cannot figure out what the crux of this art, this like beef is about. And so she has all the makings of a great housewife. She just needs to hone. She needs to hone it a lot. Yeah. It needs to be honed. <laughs> like I, I'm not shy about how much I can't stand Drew. Drew is like <laughs> a Teddy level gnat. You know, like she is not. It's she's super fucking annoying. Like she mm-hmm. is just super duper annoying. You know, Sonia's biggest mistake was sitting Drew down and trying to tell her that she thought that her behavior was inappropriate in a group. Yeah. She should have done it pers- like she did it she should have done it one to one. And you know what? That's Sonia, that's enough because you know what Drew would have done? Drew was going to go and complain about it to the other girls anyway. Like right. you didn't have to sit there and make it a whole thing, a spectacle where you're now basically talking down this girl. For good reason, by the way. Drew's crazy, and she does crazy <laughs> shit. And you can talk down to her, but like you should do it. You should have done it one on one. And then now she's mad at Drew because every sh- every time she tries to explain to Drew what her problem is with Drew, Drew makes faces and rolls her eyes. And now she's mad at Drew for like making faces and like being annoying. Which I'm like. Now you look crazy, Sonia. Like right. you actually had a point, but you delivered it so wrong that now you look ridiculous. Cause now it's like, you know, I don't want to compare it because I'm very much on the side of like Candace, but um, you know, even with Monique and Candace, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I know that Drew is annoying, like Candace can be annoying. Mm-hmm. But Monique, you did not have to go that hard. Like Sonia, you did not have to start screaming at her like that. Now you're right. losing your cool, and you look ridiculous. Right. And the thing with Drew is, and I wish somebody would tell Sonia this: it's like you can just laugh at her. Everybody else is. 
Right. <laughs> to the point where Kenya like looked dead at the camera when <laughs> when Drew did not <laughs> realize that they were not actually trying to sign up for her drop it with Drew program. It's just like <laughs> we're in the office at this point with Drew. Like it's okay. <laughs> That's yes. also why like it's kind of funny because the, the Drew's presence on this show almost like makes me think that she's such a great housewife because it's like you have all the like delusional <laughs> like bad marriage stuff that like we tune in to see like it's all like yeah. it's like if you put like Drew in one corner and Teddy Mellencamp in the other one it's like both of y'all are gnats in y'all's approach to a lot of things but at least Drew is like giving us something like yes. Teddy you're wallpaper a lot of the time but like drew is like making sure she's like front and center with her peach she's like oh don't forget i got one i got one i got one here we go yeah yeah if you think about it you know if you even think about like portia's first season Mm -hmm. you know portia was like portia also had delusion in that she was trying to convince us that she was happy in her marriage and we were like (laughs) she was trying to convince us that she was trying to convince us that you know what i'm not (laughs) she was trying to convince us that's what, I'll say. <laughs> That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just you know, streets know what they know about Cordell Stewart. Right. Okay. Enough said. Enough said. But um, I will say that, like, yeah, the first season she was trying to convince us, but she was still, like, sweet about it, you know? Right. She was still kind of, like... I don't like Kenya because she's doing too much, but like, she's still kind of sweet. Drew's thing is Drew has come in. Not sweet at all. Right. So feisty. So delusional Mm -hmm. doing the gaslighting thing that Ralph does. Like when she's telling Sonia, like, I need you to breathe and communicate your feelings. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Now I'm not going to lie. If I was in Sonia's, place i would have also i would have flipped the table I would, right i would have knocked her the fuck out i'd be like right you're not gonna tell me to be calm i've but- talked about this recently like my biggest pet peeve in life is when like i go to my best friend or my favorite cousin or whoever it is and i'm like on 10 and what you try to do is calm me down like no i need you to match my energy like we both need to be ready to go outside in the car and ride out to the house like i'm not trying to calm down but like we actually get in the car then i'm like okay we're doing a little too much but you should know that like you should know that's how you calm me down don't calm me down by you should do a little breathing exercise and like no i'm ready to like i want to throw a brick somewhere like let's do something better and don't tell me to calm down when my beef is with you exactly (laughs) how dare you absolutely not i'm mad at you you don't get to be the one to tell who tells me to calm down okay either fight back or shut the fuck up like you don't get to do that Uh uh you know but I just, I feel for Sonia because I'm like, you're so close. You're so close. You have all right. the right things. Now, if you, um, not if, when you win a Dutty Wine competition. Yes. If, <laughs> and, um, and somebody says, the prize is that you get to hold an Olympic medal. Would <laughs> you be impressed by that? Or would you be like, Okay, but like, what's my real prize? <laughs> right. Like, I was ready for, you know, first of all, I got a little nervous because I thought she was about to give somebody this medal. So I was like, 
I was like, whoa, like that's, I don't think they're like, that's not like a diploma where you can pay to have another one. I don't think they're going to like give you another, another Olympic medal. I think if you lose that, it's over. Like that, that's it. And so I was like so nervous. I was like, is she about to give, of all people, is she about to give Marlo this Olympic medal? Like what is about to happen? Marlo's so, going to rent it out at La Archive. <laughs> L-E Archive. Exactly. <laughs> And then, then when she said, yeah, you all get the hold. And then I'm like, well, that's even worse. Like, why do you even bring it here? <laughs> it's like, I almost, I almost want you to give it to her now. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And she, she prefaces it by being like, I'm sure you've never seen one in real life before. I'm like, oh, okay. So Sonia's an asshole too. Like, right. let's remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh god! We didn't. We didn't. We never even saw like Cordell's. Like I don't know. Did Cordell win a Super Bowl? Probably not. No, never mind. Well, wait. Was he? There was a Steelers versus Cowboys Super Bowl. Was he in that one? The nineteen ninety six one. Oh, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm investigating further. I'm investigating further. Um, I don't know if he was in that one, but that's the one. Did the Cowboys win that one or did the Steelers win that one? Probably us, you know. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. You know what? Cool it. Cool it. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Um, No, he only he's only known for a Pro Bowl. So all right. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Bowl (laughs) and former house husband on Real Housewives of Atlanta. (laughs) Right. Right. Claim to fame. <laughs> um, now, they start to talk about this, like, Kenya versus Candy thing, and it's all related to the vibrating panties. Now, yes. I agree with Kenya that the vibrating panties were too much, but it felt like to me at the dinner that Kenya was joking about it. Like, she was like, yeah, girl, right. it was like too much, whatever. But then it got to confessional and even Candy's face. She suddenly seemed very upset. And I was like, "Yeah, mm, don't slut shame people because they don't want to wear your weird vibrating panties, Candy. It's a lot. Like, wh- okay. First thing, because like this, this scene, like this scene and the last scene were like, it was like the episode like went down to a valley, like really chill. And then it like exploded again. Yeah. Like, it started <laughs> high and then like exploded at the end too. Yeah. This, uh, one of the things I love, that's why I said that, like, Drew, too, like, almost is just, like, a great housewife, too, because she's like, okay, I'm going to get this off of me. Kenya, let's talk about how you hate candy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, I guess we're switching topics now. <laughs> and you can see Kenya almost in respect. And she's like, you know what? That was one of my moves. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But they... I've been going back and forth about this for the longest time because um, it's so hard to say because like I, I get it like you want to we I don't I want nobody being like slut shamed or anything like that but even the timing of the vibrating panties seemed weird because like right why right before a Broadway play like that just seems like about like about like the struggle of black men right. <laughs> seems seems a little weird to me, but I'm just this whole time I'm just like I'm I'm just going with it like I don't know. But also, if they tell you they don't want to wear them, 
they don't want to wear them. I feel like I keep getting like season four Nene flashbacks of like, I don't want a dildo in my ass today. <laughs> like, that's what I keep thinking. Like, every time <laughs> they're going back and forth with Candy about like all this stuff. But I also feel like Candy's at the point now where I feel like they've always kind of like treated like her like sex business and her dungeon and all this kind of stuff. I feel like they've always kind of treated it like it's icky. And so like, I feel like she always has kind of a visceral response about it, even though it's like so successful and all this. So it's like, I get both sides, but also like, um, I'm not going to wear them. (laughs) No, no, thank you. Not to Broadway anyway, but thank you for the offer. (laughs) This is the moment when Mama Joyce calls Kenya Keonse, which how appropriate for this week right exactly (laughs) you're not gonna break my soul mama (laughs) you're not gonna do Uh, that uh what a song huh right great two days it's been for us an amazing 48 hours we're eating eating right now (laughs) we're eating well okay okay i love it yeah beyonce just made us a fresh jamaican meal or whatever it was that Tanya made and you know we're eating that Yes. Um, Sheree, 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 Sheree. Child. Sheree goes to therapy and says, uh, I don't What's know. Was it therapy? Can... <laughs> or are okay. we losing that term kind of loosely? <laughs> okay. But also, it seemed like she had last seen this man the last time she was on the show. And I was like, how many seasons ago was that? Because <laughs> if he acted the way he did in this scene with all his clients, he does not have a medical license anymore. So let's just like... <laughs> I no. cannot believe that. <laughs> no, none of these therapists, like the guy that came earlier in the season with Drew and, and uh, Ralph, who was like, oh my oh, God, the worst of them all. <laughs> slave. I was like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> like, when did this become okay? All right. Yeah. Oh, oh. God. Um, yeah. So whoever this man was, the session counselor, television man, I don't know who mm-hmm. was, but Sheree basically admits on camera that she's not sure if she can quit Tyrone just yet. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Sheree? I have no it's almost like Sheree like doesn't look in the mirror because like Sheree is like obnoxiously beautiful. Like oh that that last scene in this episode, oh. ridiculous. And it's almost like she must just like have all the mirrors covered because like anyone that looks like that does not need a Tyrone. And yeah. on any day of the week, like you can find I keep saying, okay, my advice always to Sheree, no matter what. Go find you like royalty. Go find you a yes. count. Like if Luann can become a countess, <laughs> you can become a countess. Like go find you a count or a prince, like something yes. like that. Get out of, you can get out of Atlanta and you can just like, you know, go live the life because the, Tyrone ain't it. He, yeah. he ain't it. Yeah. Nope. Sheree should be on Love Match Atlanta. <laughs> yes. Now that's a good cross. That should have been the finale for this season. Yeah. That would have been a good crossover. Yeah, because what the hell, Sheree? What are you thinking? And we're right. getting like a lot of scenes of Sheree eating various kinds of food. I just want to point out like last season, we got like the chips in this or last episode, it was the chips in this episode. We got like too long of a scene where she's ordering a womelet, which is a, <laughs> an omelet made in a waffle iron. Yes. And then Kenya comes and she's like, is it good? And she's like, yeah, actually the womelet is amazing. <laughs> is Sheree coming up with a cookbook? Is she starting a food blog? Listen, I don't know what's going on, but I will say she's influential because I literally went and grabbed chips when she was eating. I was like, damn, them chips do look kind of good. And when she ate this walnut, I literally went to uh, 
Kai from the the Real Housewives orders, and yes. I was like, okay, I need you to post that Wamlet scene because I think I need a Wamlet next time I go to Atlanta. It's yeah. literally literally just an omelet in a waffle maker, but like, yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, last night I was supposed to record this episode, and then I didn't because I just got lazy. But I was thinking about how I wanted to record, and then I was like. I'm going to go to the kitchen and eat myself some potato chips. And I did. And so I do think that Sheree mm-hmm. is quite influential. And you know, Absolutely. I wish she knew that because I'd be wearing her joggers. I'm waiting. I've like been waiting for 10 years for these. Like I want them right now. If she, now, if she like launches them on the finale, hopefully finale night, she goes ahead and like launches the site. I feel like every Bravo fan like needs a pair regardless, just like to have in like our wall of stupid housewife stuff. But like if they yeah. hit, I'm getting me a pair. <laughs> no, you will hit up the Ivy Park drop. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would also do it for She by Sheree if they did Absolutely. those kinds of drops. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm ready. Give me I would, like, I, I want would... like the box that like it was coming in to like deliver to like yes. a celebrity's house. Like I want that experience. Yes, exactly. Um, now Marlo is now just going one by one, picking fights with everyone. Currently, <laughs> she's annoyed with uh candy because candy tried to give some gently used probably very expensive clothes uh-huh. to marlo's organization called glam it up and um i wanted to ask you would you take candy's clothes i don't think that it's bad for someone to offer a donation to a charity <laughs> like could call yes. me crazy but i don't know like i get I guess I get what Marlo's saying, but also like I kind of get what Kenya's saying too about like wrong values kind of being instilled. But also, I think the funniest thing about all of this was the fact that Todd was like clowning her clothes the entire time. (laughs) Basically, like I wouldn't want to follow Marlo either. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like holding the stuff up and everything. It's like, well, geez, can you be on my side this one time? Like, Jesus. Yeah. Let me fight with Marlo. I yeah. got this. Yeah, Marlo. But then, like, later on when they're at that, like, lunch, dinner, whatever meeting outside where... Right. <laughs> I'm like, did anyone even get to eat? I'm not sure. Right. Um, I'm always concerned about that. I'm like, what are we eating? Sushi? Did right. everyone get their sushi? You know, because like, you got to eat the sushi right away. And you're sitting yeah. outside. Like, you don't want it to get warm. You don't want um, a Heather DeBro situation where you don't even, like, you get $12,000 worth of sushi and no one eats any. No one eats it. Marlo, as soon as she notices that Kenya, as soon as she notices that Candy's not there, she uses that moment to start to drag Candy. Because Marlo is going around one by one, just like, oh, if somebody's not there, I'm going to talk shit about them. Mm-hmm. No, this happened last season, or I mean, last episode, but. What do you think is going on and why is Marlo coming so hard against Candy and also Kenya, but definitely Candy? So I honestly think I listened to a podcast. I think one, I think that Marlo refuses for her like first season as an official housewife to be boring. So I Mm. think that whenever she feels like there may be like a lull with anything like involving her, I feel like she's going to turn up for the cameras like, immediately so one i think it's her like marlo the producer like putting on her producer hat Mm -hmm. but then two i also feel like she thinks that uh she stated like publicly she thinks that candy has been able to coast on this show for way too long Mm -hmm. and i think that she really feels like she needs to kind of hold candy's feet to the fire so that she can actually like quote unquote earn her check because like 
Candy gets a big check from Bravo every mm-hmm. season. And now she's got like Candy and the Gang. I loved Candy and the Gang. So, so good. hopefully it comes back. And so like she'll be getting like checks for like multiple shows at that point. So yes. If that's and then she has a like escape show coming up too. So she's getting Bravo checks. Like I think Marlo feels like, okay, if we're gonna do this, like all six of us are going to participate. It doesn't work. See, we've seen seasons where like three people show up to work out of the six and then it struggles yeah. a little bit. You got to have everybody participate. So That's I true. almost applaud Marlo for making it, but she, she teeters dangerous territory sometimes. Cause it's like, is this really what we're mad about right now? But then mm. also Marlo is so petty that like, it almost kind of like it's characteristic of Marlo to pick at such petty stuff. So it really like I feel like it's gonna come down like to a fan by fan basis of people being like, okay, she either being like super petty or she's being like super producery and making these people earn their checks. Yeah, I do think that <clears throat> one thing about Marlo is that she will she will mostly say whatever she's saying about you behind your back to your face at some point. So I have a mm-hmm. feeling that whenever Marlo brings this up with Candy, right? Uh, or if somebody brings it up to Candy, oh, Marlo was talking shit about you. Marlo's going to be like, no, I wasn't. I told you on the phone that I'm not going to take your hand-me-downs. She right. did the same thing to Kenya, right? Mm-hmm. Kenya was like, I hear that you're talking shit about me because you told Sheree that I didn't do anything for you and I was faking being sick. And Marlo's like, no, I told you. I told mm-hmm. you that I thought that about you. And then she drags her, her wig. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And you know this is the, this is why I love Rahasas of Atlantic because as soon as she says that, Kenya's like, "Yes, it's a bad wig because I'm a mess." Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> whereas, like, you know, in like Beverly Hills, it would be like a 17 episode arc about like one time oh you God. said something terrible about somebody's wig, right? Like, you know what I mean? So I I don't know. It's like Marlo drives me crazy because is driving me crazy because she's being so mean. But at the same time, I do notice that. Most of the stuff she's saying, she'll probably say to your face. Now, the stuff mm-hmm. about all the people that they fucked and dating again under your tax bracket and all that, you could tell that now it's on it's on Candy's nerves because there's that interview that, of Candy's that's going around that's like gone viral. She's getting over my motherfucking nerve. <laughs> <laughs> and she's getting I that like- at least once a day now. <laughs> <laughs> and with her little like shaky Candy's <laughs> emotional voice. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm like, yes, I don't need I you to sing. It. I just right. need you to do that. That's all we need from you. We don't ask much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, I love it. Now, mm-hmm. um, we do get some insight into Marlo's family, and um, it's really emotional. It's very sad. It's crazy, but also we know that this is how the shitty system works, that Marlo's sister is incarcerated for a minor traffic viol- violation. Uh-huh. Uh, crazy. That part it's of it crazy. is it's crazy, but it's like welcome to the American justice system. Exactly. Uh, and then, you know, seeing that scene where the sister seems like she has a visceral reaction to Marlo trying to help. And it's just super duper sad. And, you know, I love her houses of Atlanta because it does always manage to like make you laugh and then throw in something to be like, Hey, I know like, this is why I appreciate it because 
I know that there is over the years, there's been a lot of critique, right? Of like Nini was kind of created as this like black caricature that everybody was laughing at, but not Mm -hmm. really laughing along with. And I know that there's a lot of problematic shit that happens there where these white women are kind of, I mean, even the way we've seen like Bethany Frankel talk about the, you know, Real Houses of Atlanta. Right. I do think that Atlanta has this great thing of being like, we know that they're being shady and they're being messy and they're doing all the things and they're jabbing at each other. And that's the thing that you're used to Atlanta. But just a reminder, these are real people. Right. I mean, even early seasons, you had those scenes where Nini would like yell at her kids like that. Mm -hmm. These are real people. And this is, you know, you the, there's many sides to black women, and this is one of them. And the other yep. parts are important too, because there aren't many other shows on Bravo that are going to give us both like mental health issues and the American yeah. justice system. So yes, in very one scene, important. right? Very important. I want. Let me get your thoughts on something. Actually, I yeah. see me. I'm I'm like acting like the podcast host right now. No, I'm please jumping do. All in. Take over. Um, so. It kind of like unnerved me a little bit when she was talking to Drew and Sanya and she was like, well, so she's like, my plan is I'm going to try to get her on a FaceTime and I'm going to have the boys try to like convince her to like do this, uh, you know, accept the plea or whatever it was. And part of me was like, okay, that's probably smart. Maybe she'll go with it. But the other part of me was like, oh, you might set this up for like some real heartbreak for these boys because like- Right. It's like if she doesn't do it, then it's like, okay, well, you don't love me enough to, you know, put your feelings aside to actually, you know, do this so I can actually see you sometimes. I don't know. It felt, it, it made me kind of uneasy because I was like, ooh, I don't know how this is actually going to play out. I was glad they didn't actually like yeah. the FaceTime call didn't happen. Right. It seemed like said? it didn't happen. I don't think okay. that. I think the the producers were good where they didn't put any of it in, which I appreciate. Perfect, okay. I don't think that would have made me really upset. I don't think that right. it would have been appropriate for us to see. I think mm-hmm. you bring up a great point. I, I, I also had like a similar fear where I was like, ooh, don't do that to the kids. Mm-hmm. The only saving grace I think is that I 100% believe that Marlo is a great Monty. And I also yes. think that Marlo had a conversation with the kids afterwards and was like, talk to me about how you're feeling. I know that right. that really sucked. Let's talk this through. Because every time you've seen Marlo in a role where she's comforting someone, like even the scene that she had with Sheree a couple episodes ago or whatever, uh-huh. like she genuinely is good at being like a great companion to talk to. Like this is why I always say this, like I understand why old white dudes are possibly paying her lots of money for her company. <laughs> <laughs> because she seems like a wonderful person to have great conversation with. So I believe mm-hmm. 100% that Marlo probably talked to the kids and and talked to them afterwards about like unpacking whatever happened there because mm-hmm. because I mean or at least I hope. Jeez. I I can see it though cuz she's she gives off like she's a great caregiver. So it yeah. and they like the boys seem to really love her and I feel like we always like gush whenever we see marlo like in that role so it feels i feel like we can like we're all good at like kind of seeing through the bs especially when it comes to like people and their kids or their husbands and stuff like that so i feel like we're all like kind of saying the same thing that like she's a great month that's why like marlo is such a complex character on this show because it's like you go from one scene like crying with her because like she's trying to figure all this stuff out and she has these boys and she's doing such a great job to like her saying that like uh, Candy, I think has been quote unquote fucked out in Atlanta. So it's like, <laughs> good God, like, can we have some middle ground here? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> 
Like my God. <laughs> I think there's no in between with Marlo. Something along the lines of the pussy wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> she has to date below her tax bracket. Is what it was. <laughs> like, good lord. It's like, you know what? It reminds me of I hate I always hate bringing this up, but it's so funny to me for some reason. But like Marlo, like doing this kind of stuff, it's like you don't want to laugh at it, but it's like, it's so funny sometimes. And it reminds me of like, when it, it all comes back to housewives, when, yeah. uh, Yolanda Hadid and Zayn mm. Malik had like that rumor, like where they had gotten into it. And he apparently like called her like a Dutch slut or something like that. I was like, I'm like, I don't want to laugh at that, but as far as insults go, that's kind of funny. Like, I don't want to get in you know, on this. I think that's a <laughs> that's a great point. And also, Dutch slut is like, honestly, if I was if I was Yolanda, I'd get a t-shirt made. I'd make that into merch. Absolutely. It's like Von Dutch, like Dutch slut. Like, let's do it. <laughs> Same font and everything. <laughs> I would love Von it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, any other thoughts about Atlanta? I'm loving it. I'm right now I'm uh it's reigning supreme for me of, of like the housewives that are on because I like the laugh. Like I'm loving like the amount of comedy we get every single episode. It's really like a you know, housewives have become like some of them are so like unenjoyable sometimes that it's mm-hmm. like they don't seem like they know how to have fun. And so I love yeah. Atlanta because they genuinely like laugh so much during the scenes and have fun it seems like genuine connections and stuff so i'm really enjoying Atlanta to see i'm glad atlanta is like back full force and i think it's only going better from here because who these beefs are amping up so yeah i'm I'm, I'm tuned in (laughs) yeah and then now you have watched love match atlanta what do you think about the show in general i know you're not caught up but what do you think about the show i really like them i hope that i i'm always so nervous like with uh with like brand new shows. Like I really mm. hope that they like get to come back. Like I'd love to see, like I think like putting them after like a married to medicine, that's mm. like a great like two hour block. So like yes. I would definitely like stay tuned for that. I don't know if it's a great like follow up for a housewives show, if that yeah. makes sense. But like yeah. if you put it behind like another ensemble cast that we watch like the way we do housewives, like a married to medicine or like a family karma even, yeah. I think that like those would be like great compliments to each other and so uh it it sucked because they they had them on i think one weekend like where atlanta was off because of yeah. so i think it was like a holiday weekend or something and they were off but uh love match atlanta still like came on and i was like that's a weird decision but yeah okay so it's it's you know people get behind and stuff like that but the show i, I actually like it i think they got a lot of like great characters on there and i think that if they make it more so about like the actual like dates and stuff it'll do really well because i love like stuff like think about like scandal like in the early seasons when it was just like olivia episode by episode solving cases and like stuff like that people like episodic stuff so like i think that if it was them like uh you know their personal lives too because i think that's super entertaining but like when uh (laughs) if we got more of like the actual like dates and like filming these people like they're sending out on dates actually going on their dates and stuff yeah, I love to see more of that. Like that's that's what's interesting to me. Who would you want to set you up out of that? Oh those, God, those people. I think. Ooh, I'm gonna. I, maybe the duo. I think yes, I'm going with the duo. Do. I think oh. yeah, because <laughs> they're like aunties. 
They're right. like two aunties. I feel I like love... I know them for some reason. I, like... Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know them. And they do right. this thing that that also I see aunties in our community do, where mm. when they walk into a room, they comment about things to each other, like in a way that's so like, oh, I love that dress. She was like, girl, you know, I had to wear this dress. She's like, and I love those shoes. You know about right. shoes. I know heels. Oh, you know me with heels. Like do this right. like sort of back and forth like banter with each other mm-hmm. where I'm like, do you do this every time you walk into a room? Because I love it. That's like the epitome of like black people seeing each other and being like, uh, they're like, woo, you clean today. Like, man, I'm just trying to get like you. You know, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> where you just have it. to compliment each other like i love it <laughs> i love it so much mm-hmm. and they would probably like yell at you too if you fucked up which i appreciate right. like i would be afraid of disappointing them mm-hmm. so i feel like i would like be really really good on my dates because right <laughs> I'd be like, right i can't upset my aunties like i can't do that right so i love uh, them I love them. I love that show. And I'm just very excited for the crown jewel of the network, in my opinion, Married to Medicine, to come back. Oh, God. You know I, you know how I feel about that show. I am so ready. Like, I, my, like, loins are burning for Married to Medicine. <laughs> I just love them. Oh, oh. It'd only be it. better if Mariah was there, but I have to let that go. I have to let it go at some point. Like I, I feel like people talk to me about the most random things. Like we'll talk about Miss Marvel, and I'm like, you know who'd be great on this? Mariah Huck. And oh my like, god, could yeah. you imagine Mariah Huck on Miss Marvel? What if she's right. like Taisha's relative? <laughs> oh my god, I would love. Let's okay now. Now I want that to happen. So like now, <laughs> could you imagine in the Miss Marvel episode where like the wedding is happening, you just see like Mariah in the back doing her. <laughs> Come on, Black Adeshi, I love that. <laughs> We love a black Adeshi now. Okay. I love her. All right. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here. Can you tell everybody where you can be heard? Oh my God. You can hear me everywhere that you listen to the reality is. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart. I'm on all the things. Uh, My podcast is called Reality and Comics 2. You can either search that or you can search my name, Kendrick Tucker. Also follow me on Instagram for some good memes and random content and compilations and everything else and just overall terrible uh, hot takes. So you can follow me at Reality Comics T-O-O-2. Yes. Bloop. Bloop. Wait, give me the give me the grinder. <laughs> <laughs>